heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I've been thinking and given a great deal more thought to this uh, border business, the immigration business, and you almost have to be careful how you phrase these things and you put it out there when we talk about this in the public friends, you know, in the water cooler. Because a lot of people, they start to turn the dial almost immediately. They go, well, I can't do nothing about that. I can't fix that. And that really is the, the wrong course of action, of course. We need to engage people to really understand the problems. But more than that today, I'd really like to spend a little time with you, please, on how we fix some of these problems. Uh, it, but then also, the greatest danger to us right now. I think that's where I'd like to spend some quality time with you, my fellow Americans. Welcome in uh, to the voice of a nation here. It is Malcolm out loud as always, and uh, good to be with you. Now, the thing that fears that I have fear the most of is when the, the cats start talking about the numbers, you know, and, and, and of course, don't, don't you like guys, sometimes it's just you're you're just given eye roll or your glasses over your eyes get glossy just on the top of these numbers. It's like when they talk about the budget or the government shutdowns like what? It's the same thing here, really, you know, they start talking about these numbers and Basically, it's just a whole lot of people. I mean, how many? Just just repeat after me. It's a whole lot of people. And it's not just a whole lot of people. It is the problem. We're going to talk up front here a little bit about what really concerns me. It's the terrorism, the terrorists. And here's the thing about these numbers and why they're so tricky or difficult. Okay, so a lot of times they say, well, this terrorism is like a really a problem. And we've got, the, you know, they, we've identified or captured or identified maybe like, oh, about 160 this fiscal year now of migrants who are on the terror watch list, right? So think about that, like 160, okay? All right. And then I think to myself, which, as you know, I do all the time, think to myself, that is, and I say to myself, well, if I'm a terrorist and I'm coming into a country or any particular origin like this, I'm probably going to do my damnedest not to be caught. I mean, most of those people like are smart, you know, and they know how to circumvent the, the situation. And I would imagine that number could be in the stratosphere, I would imagine. I mean, maybe it wasn't the brighter ones that got caught. I, I, maybe it's the, you know, not everybody has a high intel, uh, it, you know, intelligence. All right, fine, whatever, man. But, you know, a lot of these cats are smart. And they surely know how to work our system. We have thousands of miles of open border on the southern and the northern border. Nobody ever talks about the northern border. I see that as a massive problem. I really do. In fact, we're all fighting about the southern border. I got news for you what's happening on the northern border. It scares the hell out of me as well. Because this has become public information now all over the world. In fact, this, this situation is so grave right now. It's so public that I I actually understand they're talking about this on other planets at this point. That's how screwed up it is, friends. Wow. I mean, that's just how it is. Everybody knows this. All these countries we've got. And this isn't just about a few Mexicans coming over the border. I got news for you. You know how many countries that, that are coming? They're, it's all over the world. 
all throughout Africa, throughout the Middle East, throughout Europe. It's everywhere. Everybody knows we have no sovereignty here. We are, well, I guess you might say the world's bitch at this point. We don't have a border. We don't have any sovereignty here. And anything goes. It's basically what we're talking about, friends. Can I can I keep it real with you a moment? You know, right? And so, uh, so I'm thinking that 160 number, but that's a real number, supposedly, that I'm giving you that um, that my uh, wonderful guest today will verify with me. But I, but I know that it is fiscal year 2023. We're talking about okay, 160 migrants um, who, whose uh, uh, identifies have now been matched on the terror watch list. Not exactly a list you want to get on. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're a pretty bad cat if you're getting on the terror watch list. But again, that 160 number doesn't really mean anything to me because that number could probably is. It, it, surely it's in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. But it could be in the thousands. I would imagine they're setting up camp here right now. Uh, just as, you know, it took years in the making for that 9-11 event. That didn't just happen on a, you know, on a, a Monday morning deal. That that was, you know, they didn't just decide Sunday night. Yeah, let's just go in and bomb a couple of buildings and screw things up a little bit. I, I don't think that's the way that happened, friends. So it's the same thing now. There's a lot of planning going on. There's a lot of strategy going on right now. And they are making their plans, uh, checking their lists, uh, checking it twice. And uh, finding out who's going to be naughty and naughty. There is no nice here, to be sure. And they're going to come after us. Uh, you, I can tell you right now, I got my right hand up right now. Just as I, I swear to God to you, friends, it's going to happen in our lifetime. The Biden legacy will be wrapped in terrorism and the decimation of America's cities. That is going to be the Biden legacy. I can feel it in every inch of my soul right there. And America now needs to prepare for, I'm going to suggest to you, a bigger, a larger, a more extensive attack than 9-11. I think the potential now is to have something that will dwarf that situation and really create a calamity here in our nation. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be pretty. And it's going to be a game changer. It's going to alter our nation in ways that um, it's hard to imagine because we take so much for granted in this country. We really are spoiled. We're, we're, we're blessed. We're blessed by God Almighty. We're living here, but we're spoiled. We really are. I mean, compared to most areas of the world, I mean, this is home. This is home for us. This is comfortable, right? It's like an old pair of slippers you put on. You just always expect it to be that way. They fit right. They feel right. One day those slippers rot out. They don't work because you didn't take care of them, maybe, you know? So it's happening to our country, friends. And it's a sad state of affairs that is happening. So this terror business is is a real business. I'm, uh, the numbers, I, I don't, um, the 160, I'm not buying at all. This number is, I'm telling you, it's in, I don't know what the number is. Who, the, who knows any of this stuff? They don't know. But I'm telling you now, it's in mass hundreds, if not thousands of bad cats in this country uh, that are ready to do harm. They are making their plans and we will pay a price for this. So let's put that over there. That's an important element that we'll talk about today, okay, on the broadcast here. Uh, by the way, by the way, everybody's, well, only 160 folks. Out of all those millions, how bad can that be? Well, friends, it took 19 
uh, cats there with the September 11th, the uh, the Al-Qaeda, uh, the jihadist. Uh, this was the uh, gift of Islam here that just keeps on giving. Uh, and that uh, was uh, 19 of those cats killed all those people and created this habit. But there were others outside of that 19, but it was a large scale operation. And they were training in our airports and all that right under our noses, right there. Right. I mean, it was all happening right here in real time. And it was building up over a longer period of time. That's what they're very good at, the enemy. They're very good at planning and strategy. Like, we don't do that well here in our country. They plan hundreds and certainly decades and then hundreds and even thousands of years. Both Islam does and the Chinese do. And we don't, America, we play two years from now the next election. That's a real catastrophe, I'm telling you. That's a problem I've always identified. So there's that is the, the big thing I'd like to discuss today. I'd like to discuss some real real world answers. You always hear these words, comprehensive immigration reform. And you ask yourself, what does that really, really mean? Well, that's one thing. And the other thing is how to reverse, how do we reverse course? You see, I'm, I'm seeing in recent days, um, former President Trump and now candidate uh, to be the uh, 47th president, um, is uh, saying that he will round them up and send them back, you know. And, you know, probably somebody like that would attempt to do that. But how do you find all these cats? I mean, they're loose now. I mean, they're everywhere. And surely the terrorists are not going to want to be found. I can tell you that. They're already taking means to make sure they're not found. So it, it gets a little more dicey is what I'm suggesting to you. A big conversation here, friends, as we open it up here. And I want to bring on the program right now, dear friend of the broadcast here, Andrew Arthur joins us. Uh, Art, uh, he's a former immigration judge. He is uh, also the resident fellow in law and policy uh, for the Center for Immigration Studies in Washington, D.C. Had Art on the weekend on Viewpoint this Sunday, had a terrific conversation. I said, we really need to uh, broaden this talk a little bit in these couple. And I wanted to define some specific areas so we just weren't all over the place. Uh, Art, it's uh, if, if you um, first of all, it's a privilege to have you here with us. Thank you for joining us on The Voice of a Nation, sir. Sorry about that. I was on mute. Uh, I was I was uh, so enthralled listening to the intro that uh, I failed to realize I, I had still muted myself. But yes, <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Malcolm. And you've touched on uh, a number of key points. You mentioned the fact that I am currently the resident fellow in law and policy at the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, but it's just the latest job that I've had uh, and, you know, I, I don't want to be boastful, but I think that I'm a pretty good person to talk about this because I've had a lot of jobs that have had the word national security in the title. I was the uh, head of the National Security Law Division at the former Immigration and Naturalization Service. I was the nation's chief terrorist prosecutor from that perspective. I uh, also served as staff director uh, to then uh, Chairman Ron DeSantis on the National Security Subcommittee at House Oversight and Government Reform. And in between, of course, I was an immigration judge, but I was also the uh, oversight counsel for immigration uh, at the House Judiciary Committee in the weeks before and the years after September 11. So, yeah, I have a lot of experience uh, in this particular area. And as I always used to tell people, I talk to terrorists so that you don't have to. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I really deeply appreciate it because it's good to have that context, start. And I know you have such an incredibly vast experience and uh, of this. And you understand um, 
the pain of some of this. So, so let's take this from a little different uh, vantage point today. And um, so, you know, I, I, I see the lit, I see the recent number. You you know the number that's been shared in the last many days about the 160 on the terrorist watch list, what have you. And I just always uh, kind of uh, chuckle in a sad way. But now when I say chuckle, there's nothing chuckling about this. Let me be clear. But inside, uh, or maybe I, 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 I gasp, I don't know which, maybe that's a better word, Art, you know, but I, I, I gasp inside uh, to think that, come on, it's, it's, I mean, these cats are not going to be caught. I mean, 90 some odd percent of these cats know how to evade the system. They're going to, I mean, we got thousands of open borders. Along. You don't have to get caught with this stuff. I don't know. Maybe the people that were there, maybe the 160 other dumb part of the group. I don't know. But I got to believe there's, this is a huge number that is in this country. Speak about that point, please. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and we know from Customs and Border Protection uh, statistics that 146 uh, aliens who are on the terrorist watch list have been apprehended at the southwest border in just the first 10 months of FY23 alone. That's on top of 98 others that we caught in FY2022. Now, to give you an idea of you know, how what a sea change this is between the Biden administration and prior administrations. In FY 2019, zero aliens on the foreign terrorist or on the uh, alien terrorist watch list were apprehended at the southwest border. Despite this fact, CBP still, you know, lauds the fact that only 0.009% of all the aliens apprehended at the southwest border or on the terrorist watch list. Quite frankly, that's probably the scariest statistic that I can think of. When we talk about national security, we use a, a phrase called five nines. That means that we want to ensure the safety of the American people, not 99% of the time or 99.9% of the time, but 99.999% of the time. And right now, that's not happening. Right now, about 99 0.91% of all the aliens who enter the United States aren't on the terrorist watch list. It's that extra nine that's really a problem, and that's particularly problematic uh, for us right now. This has been brought into sharp relief in the last couple of weeks by an interesting article that appeared in CNN, of all places, which reported that more than 12 Uzbeki uh, nationals yeah. had been smuggled into the United States uh, by an individual who was affiliated with ISIS. We don't know whether he was a member of ISIS, uh, you know, an ISIS sympathizer. We don't know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, think about it, Malcolm. How many ISIS, you know, affiliated individuals are there smuggling people on the southwest border? If you were to tell most Americans that there was one, well, that would be rather phenomenal. And we know that there's at least one. In addition to that, we also know that 1.6 million. Oh, by the way, those 12 people were actually 12 plus people were actually apprehended by Border Patrol who released them into the United States. Yeah, so when yeah. you hear the administration talk about, you know, we we vet everybody before we release them, we know that's not true. In slow fact, that down. Oh, let's slow down right there. Now, hold on, because you're bringing up a really important point, Art. You're on a roll. And so there's there's dozen Uzbekistan nationals. I want everybody to hear this, Art, just because we can't gloss over this stuff, okay? So they the, these these folks are apprehended. And then like DHS, like that's like the Department of Homeland Security, or is that some foreign entity I'm not familiar with uh, when you say DHS? It's supposed to be our Homeland Security, right? That's who it is? 
Yeah, and you know, remember, Malcolm, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, was established specifically to yep. stop foreign terrorists from after entering the United yep. States. Yep, after 9-11. That's their goal. So they let they let them off into the country. Now, let me go further. The CNN article you talked about, they said in that article, there was no information in any of the intelligence community's databases that raised any red flags. And the people were all released into the U.S. pending a court date, which is an absolute joke, this court date business. We all understand that ruse. Uh, they don't show up. The whole thing's a mess. But, and, but I don't even want to talk about that. I'm talking about why did they make that statement when we know they were on the, did they, did, supposedly are, did they discover after the fact? Did they discover, did they not know? Did they just think they were 12 cats in here for a good time? Why, why did that happen, you think? Yeah, and actually, it's interesting, Malcolm, because I'm going to go back to the days before September 11th. When I was at the INS, one of my jobs was to be an advisor to then Attorney General Janet Reno. And Janet Reno was very serious about border security. So consequently, whenever uh, anybody was apprehended from a country of interest, uh, which is any country that is known to have terrorist movements in it, those individuals were flagged and they ended up on my desk. And within a couple of hours... I knew that I was going to get a call from the attorney general who wanted to know who that individual was, who was apprehended from that country. Now, keep in mind, this is the chief law enforcement officer of the United States wanting to know about one individual alien who had been apprehended anywhere along the southwest border. That was then. That was before September 11th. Fast forward to today. 22 years after September 11th, and apparently Border Patrol agents somewhere along the southwest border are given the authority to simply release people from Uzbekistan, which is one of those designated countries, into the United States. That's how this all happened. Now, how it came to light was because the individual who had smuggled them somehow the Department of Homeland Security found out was affiliated in some way with the Islamic State, uh, a known terrorist organization, one that has carried out attacks on us. Mm -hmm. And Uzbekistan is sort of an odd country to talk about because, you know, we talk about, you know, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran as being countries that, you know, are not necessarily friendly with the United States. You know, we do have a pretty good relationship with Uzbekistan, but here's what the CIA factbook tells us. Mm-hmm. The CIA factbook tells us that there are three known terrorist organizations operating in Uzbekistan. One of those terrorist organizations is something called Islamic State Khorasan or Islamic State K. Right. If Islamic State K sounds familiar to you or your listeners, that's probably because the man who detonated the explosive device at Abbeygate at uh, Kabul airport during our calamitous withdrawal from Afghanistan over a year ago mm-hmm. was an affiliate of ISIS-K. In fact, the Biden administration made a big show of, you know, we're concerned about ISIS-K, we're going after ISIS-K. We know that ISIS-K operates in Uzbekistan. Another thing about Uzbekistan is that two known terrorists one of whom actually carried out a terrorist attack, the other one of whom wanted to carry out a terrorist attack before he was stopped, both came from Uzbekistan. 
The first fellow's name is Jeroboam. Mr. Jeroboam was stopped before he was able to assassinate then-President Obama. And he stated that if he wasn't able to kill President Obama, that he wanted to blow up Coney Island, uh, which, of course, is a... Um, a vacation now why did he want to go why did he want to go after obama do you know do you know the reason I mean, you probably don't know the reason what do you know why i mean it seems like obama's on their team that's why i'm asking <laughs> yeah no and you know it's an interesting point that you make malcolm because there seems to be this impression hmm. you know as it relates to national security or the border that somehow obama and biden are very much aligned in this they're plainly not Barack Obama, you know, is up there with Bill Clinton, George W. Bush and Donald Trump when it comes to presidents who were actually serious about border security. In fact, Barack Obama did things to detain everybody who came into the United States okay. illegally that, right. you know, a lot of those other presidents never did. He was I, serious about border security. I got I got to I got to I got to ask you now something that you bring up some interesting points there. So l- let me ask you further now. All right. Right now, about everybody I know believe that this is the third term of Barack Obama. About everybody I know, everybody in our circles and the media and the congressmen and the senators, they believe Obama is really running this thing. They know Biden's not. You'll notice a lot of the team around Biden is Obama's team. It's the same people, same cast of characters. So can we uh, uh, glean from that point, uh, Art, that something has changed or transpired in how this Obama was thinking then versus thinking now? Or do you disagree with this assessment that they're saying that he is very much involved and in charge of the mayhem that is happening in the Biden administration right now? It's clearly not Biden. Uh, What do you think of that point? Well, you know, when it comes to that point, I want to talk about one specific person who's probably uh, next to Michelle Obama, the one who's most associated with Barack Obama. And that is a woman named Susan Rice, who served as the uh, national security advisor under the Obama administration. Now, she did actually, uh, she was a key advisor to President Biden. One of the things that we know from press leaks, because this is probably the most buttoned down, sealed up White House I've ever seen. But one of the things that we know from press leaks is that Susan Rice vehemently opposed this open border strategy that Joe Biden has been pursuing. In fact, uh, it's alleged, and again, we don't have any confirmation because none of these people are talking, that Ms. Rice actually left the White House shortly before the midterm elections because she was concerned uh, that this was a, a bad strategy. And bad policy for the Democrats. Well, I know she party. left, but we, they never did say why. You're right. You're right. It could be. Could be. Yeah. Right. And, you know, if you talk about an administration, you know, the Obama administration did plenty of things I didn't agree with. And there were many policies and a few things that the president said at which, you know, I took exception. But I can also tell you right now that that was a very well run administration. We knew who was in charge. And Barack Obama wasn't shy. You know, he didn't blow up his resume to talk about how he was a truck driver or, you know, raised in the Puerto Rican community or any of these things that we hear come out of the White House. He was a man who let his actions do uh, the talking. And if you remember the way that the story goes, when we finally identified Osama bin Laden in a safe house in Abbottabad, uh, Pakistan, the one person who said, don't go after him was 
then Vice President Joe Biden. Biden. That's right. That's right. And, you know, which led Robert, you know, was just one of the things oh, led yeah. Robert Gates, Gates to say he's been on the wrong side of every foreign policy in his life, in his life. Yeah. Yeah. So so then. So you're not. So let me just real quick. I don't want to spend a lot more time on Obama, but you don't think he's uh, uh, um, you don't think he's or do you have a sense or feeling on that, that he's part of this equation right now? Yes or no? Well, again, look at history. He's the only president in United States history, save one who didn't leave Washington, D.C. when his term ended. Barack and Michelle Obama have bought a house in the Tony Colorama section of Washington, D.C. We the talk other about one, it course, all the time. We talk about yeah. it all the time. It's just on the boulevard. <laughs> yeah. And the other one who didn't leave was Woodrow Wilson. And that was because he suffered a horrible stroke and couldn't possibly go back home to New Jersey. So so, so if you think that so based on what you're just saying there, then something has can we assume this aren't something has changed from the way he ran that administration in regards to this immigration crisis versus right now with Biden. And something has changed. Obama, I mean, I think you're alluding, he's definitely involved in this somewhere, but something's changed. Do you have any idea what's changed? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. But this is what I've been able to glean from what people have said. When Joe Biden took office, he tapped as the people who were going to advise him on immigration, a lot of younger folks, more progressive folks uh, who had worked on his campaign to handle the immigration portfolio. And I think those people are still doing that. In fact, uh, we know from a letter that was written to the Senate, to Senate leadership by Rodney Scott, who was Joe Biden's first Border Patrol chief, that uh, political appointees, inexperienced political appointees, Uh, We're deliberately not taking the advice of experienced career employees when it came to border security. And that was back on September the 11th, 2021. Chief Scott actually timed that letter appropriately because the letter talked exactly about what we're talking about. And that is the terrorist danger that these policies pose to the United States. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So a couple of thoughts here. You mentioned Janet Reno, border security. We've even seen Joe Biden back in the day talk about border security. We've heard Chuck Schumer talk about border security and immigration. In fact, we talked about every one of them have talked about immigration in some sort of capacity that it mattered to our nation's sovereignty and that they were all in trying to seek uh, comprehensive government immigration, which we'll talk about later. But with all that said, what do you think has happened? I mean, this is a serious question, but just you either have an opinion on this or you don't, uh, Art. Let me just say that. But what has happened to this collective group of people? Did the body snatchers come in and steal their minds or their brains of some sort? What exactly has taken place in our country? It makes no logical sense at all that all of this transformation has happened from the left. I, you just can't make heads or tails out of this. What do you, why do you think that is, buddy? Alejandro Mayorkas, who's the Secretary of Homeland Security, actually told us exactly what this shift is, uh, you know, comes oh. from. What is it? In a September twenty in a September twenty twenty one memo that he issued was that the words prosecutorial discretion was absolutely crucial to advancing the equitable goals of this administration. Uh, and 
the way that that's being exercised is that rather than detaining those individuals the, uh, at the southwest border, right. the administration is releasing them into the United States in the uh, exercise of its prosecutorial. Are these people have to know they have to they have to consciously know they're doing grave, grave harm. I mean, grave harm to this nation. I mean, is is that a correct statement? Yeah, no, they, well, honestly, I think that they don't. I think that one, they don't know a whole lot about our previous history. And if, you know, most of these people are 27 to, you know, 30 years old, they probably don't remember September 11th that well. And two, they look at the immigration laws of the United States and they view them as inherently discriminatory, which to some degree they are because they differentiate between U.S. citizens on the one hand and foreign nationals or aliens on the other. And they don't think that's fair. They want to they want to eliminate that unfairness from uh, the American system. But you you really believe uh, you because uh, I'm not buying that, by the way, but you believe that they can't see the images, the pictures, the videos that I mean, they're that. I mean, the, I mean, I don't know what I mean, it doesn't make any logical. So how could they not know the grave harm there? I mean, any somebody with a, a third grade education could figure this out by just in moments, just by looking just that the visuals you have to know that we're in a heap of trouble. Look at the numbers next. And you, you've got to know we're in a heap of trouble. They have to know, aren't no? I mean, how can they not know? And and if they're not, they're not, they can't be very bright. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I think that to some degree they are so blinded by their uh, <laughs> beliefs, by their sanctimony, yeah. that they don't understand. And they, they think that the United States today is very different from the one that was attacked 22 years ago. Wow. All right. Well, at least uh, thanks for being honest with that. Uh I, um, it's it's hard to swallow that, uh, frankly. Um, the other thing I find very weird, uh, b- before we change things up in just a moment here, is is this. You mentioned 0% terrorist in, in a particular year, just roughly. Was that 2019 or some other year? Just just proximate when you mentioned that. What was nope, that? That, was, that was 2019. Border Thank Patrol you. Oh, the wow. Southwest Border wow. caught no people. On oh, the I, I, had to, I, I, I wrote it down, but I thought, I don't know if Art really said that, because that's like just like really like yesterday. And I thought, so, so get a load of this. So let me ask you another. Well, I'll tell you what. Think about this question. We're going to ask this. I'm going to get you to answer this question on the other side here. But Art, think about this. Why, if in 2019, we really logged in about zero terrorists, and it really wasn't a hot item, all of a sudden, we've become like Walt Disney World to the to the worst players in the world. All of a sudden, they have found the United States of America on the map, and they now know where we are. I, I don't know if that's, you know, a compliments of this attention being put on the border. You know, sometimes when you do that sort of thing, it, it can it can rile people up a little bit. Have we just become more of a target? Uh, is the weather better better here? Is there something else? I mean, I don't know. I wonder that. Why all of a sudden? And like I said, that number of 160 doesn't mean anything to me because I'm not buying any part of that. I mean, that number, I am absolutely positive. I, I, you just have to know. These people know how to, they, they're very devious sort of people, these evil characters are. And they know how to circumvent this. They know how to get around all this stuff. They're like cockroaches. I mean, they'll figure a way around it. They're going to do it. So I, I, I could tell you, I'll give you Malcolm's numbers. So the hell with the rest of the numbers and the custom border patrol. Malcolm's numbers. Malcolm's numbers are the, the amount of terrorists in this country right now. It's got to be north of 500, probably north of 1,000. 
Those are Malcolm's numbers. Based on what I see with all, just look at the collectivity of the numbers we have right now and do the math. And right now we're being advertised on billboards all over the planet. And like I said, other planets as well. Like, gee, America, you know, we really are becoming, it's becoming a sick affair. I mean, this is, as I said, when I talk about this being the Biden legacy, this is, this is, uh, it's not going to be a very pleasant legacy for America. Screw Biden. I'm worried about the United States of America. I'm, I'm worried about we the people. I'm worried about our, our fellow man. That's what I'm worried about, people. You know what I'm talking about here? You know, I don't I don't give a rat's ass about Biden. I don't really care. I don't even care about his legacy. Wish the hell he'd go away quick. You know, I'm over that parade. I don't know about you. But that's what I'm talking about here. I'm worried about uh, our nation. And uh, because we are, uh, this is only, you know, today we're talking this immigration and we're, we're um Thrilled to have on Andrew Arthur with me. As you can see how, how smart he is, he knows he knows where most of the bones are buried. That's the key to having art on, you know. It's it's like you get into these stories with him, and he's like, "Well, let me tell you about what happened in 1972." I mean, he, he knows where all the bones are buried, man, and can easily kind of go into that rolodex in his mind, brilliant mind. Think about that, you know, to think about that and go, "Yeah, I remember what happened." Such a, and he's not saying he remembers. It's not like he was alive back then, but he's done his research. He's done his legwork, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny though, isn't it? And uh, has, has figured it out. Uh, yeah, but uh, this story today is no laughing matter, to be sure, friends. Uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I always have three wows. Never one wow, people. This is a wow, wow, wow. That's what this is today. Three wows. Hmm. Wow. My wife knows that all the time. When she hears me say, you did three wows today. I knew it had to be a hot topic. <laughs> you know it, honey. <laughs> three wows mean we're screwed. This is a three wows story today, for sure. Well, listen, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.news. Uh, we are best in class, our experts, our radio hosts, our, all our podcast hosts, uh, our writers, columnists, and people that, uh, you know, we got a lot of amazing things happening here. And in, in fact, I, I had somebody sent a message to me. Let me see if I can find it right here. It just came in. In fact, I got to compliment this person. They sent a message to me. It said, um, America Out Loud began in April 2016. They're right. They're right. That's when this started. Uh, and April, April 1st, it was no April Fool's joke, but like everything Malcolm does, he, he does it with a little bit of flair and, uh, and dignity. And we lost it April 1, 2016. And it says that this person uh, sent a message into the network here. America Out Loud began in April 2016 and has grown to be one of the best news sources. They are doctors, engineers, authors, scientists, moms and dads. The Paul Revere of Patriot Media. Mm, that is some pretty nice words. That's from Lady Night Rose, by the way, is who that's from. Had to share that with you. Get a lot of cool messaging in. Uh, I, I really, I really appreciate it. Uh, and, and you can email us. Email us at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Well, listen, for the best in class, it's all back at americaoutloud.news. Your job out there is to help us share the out loud truth, please. Share it around, surely from sea to shining sea and help us make those seas shine again. Right now, they're a little tawdry. They're not really shining. Uh, and then around the globe as well, please. We have a lot of listeners in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, some of the top countries that listen to americaoutloud.news, right? And listen to America Out Loud Talk Radio, I should say. Uh, so, all right. 
Remember also all of the great products that we worked hard at and negotiated for you on your behalf are at AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, these are best in class, like the one Dr. McCullough and I talk about all the time, spike support from the wellness company with natokinase in there and dandelion root and all those ingredients. 25% off with wellness. And, you know, the, the with the, the spike support from the wellness company, you know, I got to tell you, the other really cool thing about the wellness company, I have to share this with you because healthcare is so darn expensive. It's hard. It's it, it costs a lot of money to be sick and it costs a lot of money to be well. It costs a lot of money. Healthcare in general, it's another area of great concern. It's out of control in our country for a whole host of reasons, mind you. But they have a cool program called One Wellness. One Wellness. And, you know, a lot of the stuff today, and a lot of us really appreciate the idea of telemedicine, where we can talk to the doctor face-to-face through these applications and really get a sense of what's going on. Because most of us, if you're like me, you hate to be, you don't find Malcolm out loud in a waiting room somewhere. I got news for you. Not going to happen. And uh, you see me pacing. I don't sit down to get this guy out of here, man. So I'm perfect candidate for one wellness. You get all of the uh, all of the treatment, all of the doctors and help you need through the telemedicine, and they can guide you and direct you accordingly in your meds and everything else. And it's one monthly low monthly cost, and it hell it beats. You know, a lot of times people in healthcare all have to buy the catastrophic care because you can't afford this other stuff. It's so darn expensive for anybody. I mean, middle class now is being squeezed so badly; it's unbelievable. So it's called One Wellness. And it's one monthly low figure. You get it's one ninety nine. You get twenty five percent off these things with using the code out loud. It's always out loud. Oh, any of these offers on the AmericaOutloud.shop, out loud gets you that discount. And it's the only place you can get those discounts. We've negotiated all of them on your behalf. Take advantage, my fellow Americans. It's for the America Out Loud family at AmericaOutloud.shop. Okay, take a quick pause. You are listening to the voice of a nation. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news 
delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Now we join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and thank you, my fellow Americans, for joining me on the mission. It is a mission of truth, the out loud truth, if you will. And it's, it's a noble, it's an honest mission. Uh, as we say on the front of AmericaOutloud.news, here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. And there is no bigger challenge than these open borders of the lack of our sovereignty and the criminal intent. There are so many components of this immigration. It's, it's hard to wrap your mind around it the fentanyl, the drugs, the, the economic impact, what's happening to our cities, the decimation of all that, uh, terrorism, which is really the focus of today a bit. You know, and I want to talk about, I want to talk about fixing some of this in just a moment. I want to spend some time with art today. Uh, by the way, we have, we have Andrew Arthur with us and uh, uh, art, affectionately known by art, has just a good grasp of the issues. And uh, I so appreciate having him on the longer form here. Uh, than just I've had him on in viewpoint, of course, but it's wonderful to get expertise in, uh, like just talking about it here. Uh, Art, I asked that question, why have we become so attractive? It's, it's an opinion question is what it is, because there's no data point you can pull up for this answer, obviously, so I'll qualify that. But um, why are we so attractive right now in your mind, your estimation, if, if in 2019 we charted in a zero and today, if we use Malcolm's numbers, which I know you laughed when I said that, I could just—I didn't hear you, but I know you did. I told you what my numbers are. I don't know what—I don't know what Art's numbers are, but I gave you mine already. Why do you think all of a sudden it's exploding on the world stage? And I feel like—I feel like we're stuck in a in a web, a web, and like they're crawling toward us right now. I get an eerie feeling, buddy. What do you? Yeah, think? no, and, and you should have an eerie feeling because. I'm going to give you yet another number, and that's 1.6 million. 1.6 million is the number of aliens who have entered the United States over the southwest border since Joe Biden took office who weren't apprehended by Border Patrol. Again, remember, if you go to the southwest border, one of the things that you'll see, Malcolm, is this phenomenon where people will cross into the United States and they'll sit and wait patiently for Border Patrol agents to come and pick them up because they know the odds are, you know, almost. No, no they didn't always do that, Art. They didn't no. always do that. Should have run like hell, but not now. Yeah, no, because they know that under the Biden administration, they're simply going to be released into the United States. In fact, uh, at one port of entry or one point of entry in Yuma, Arizona, Border Patrol had to put a baggage limit on the amount of baggage that migrants could bring on to Border <laughs> Patrol buses oh because God. people were showing up with, you know, wardrobes. Now, think about what you're just saying right now. You got somebody. These are the lawbreakers. They're, it's illegal. Hear the word illegal. You're breaking the law. Uh, there's nothing. No, there's nothing honorable about this. 
Uh, and, and they're doing it in massives. And now we're trying to get them to check their baggage in art. I mean, what could be more screwy about a story like this, huh? Yeah, no. And in fact, uh, in the New York Times this weekend, they were talking about the migrant issues in New York City. And, you know, they assured their readers that don't worry, all of these folks had checked in with Border Patrol before they were released, as if Border Patrol is now the front desk clerks of the United States. It's the tourism. most astounding thing. You know, yes. I couldn't believe it. The tourism, tourism. They were running a tourism camp for uh, for the criminal intent for fentanyl, drugs, uh, terrorism, all of this stuff. It's, it's And that's kind of what the it's almost like Biden looks at it, his, his uh, cabal there look at it is. And, and it's so despicable looking at these people. I can't even look anymore, Art, truth be told, or hear another speech from Alexandra Mayorkas. I cannot watch the man. My skin crawls when I see him. I, I just cannot handle his his look, his tone, his words, his his appearance, his vibe, his disgust, his evil. I just can't handle the man, Art. Well, that puts you in good company because I could probably <laughs> name off off of my hand. <laughs> About 15 members of Congress who feel exactly the same way and who let him know it. But yeah, I mean, we know exactly why all these people are coming to the United States, why all, you know, just generally people are coming. And in March, a federal judge explained what that reason was. He said, yeah, geopolitical factors play a role plainly uh, for people coming to the United States. But the main reason for the irregular migration term he used uh, that we see coming today is because they know that they're going to get released into the United States where they're going to remain. That I forever. agree with. That I agree yeah. with. But what about the terrorists are? Why do you oh, think? That, why do you think they're not wanted? Why? Why are we such a? I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, or isn't it obvious? No. Well, and that's a simple answer to give you. Normally, because of course I'm an expert in these areas, Malcolm. I charge for this, but because you <laughs> and I are friends, I'm going to give it to you for Thank free. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. One of the things that we know about terrorists, one of the things that I learned about terrorists from the people who had been dealing with them for years, uh, you know, before me, is that they will enter the United States the simplest way that they can and the way that will ensure that they have as little scrutiny as possible. Look at the 9-11 hijackers. Look at the ones who came in as tourists from Saudi Arabia. At the time, the State Department in Riyadh was running something called Visa Express. Literally, it was called Visa Express. You just mailed in your passport. You didn't have to stand in the hot desert sun. And, you know, they would mail you back your passport with a visa in it. That's the reason why, you know, in those early years, so many, you know, why, you know, around September 11th, so many of the hijackers came in that way because it was the easiest way to come in. If they crossed the border illegally, they were going to get caught. And if they got caught, Border Patrol wasn't going to let them go. That's why they didn't do it then. The reason that we see so many people coming now is because crossing that border, Malcolm, is the easiest way to get into the United States and the one that assures that you're going to have the least amount of scrutiny. Even if you're a terrorist? Even if, especially if you're a terrorist, because think about the the fact Because they're letting uh, them free. You already said they're letting them loose. Right. They're letting them free. But more importantly, think about the fentanyl example. Why is there so much fentanyl in the United States? Go back to Chief Scott's letter, September 11th, 2021. He explains that the cartels, and again, it's smugglers and cartels are slightly different, but, you know, the cartels are the 300-pound gorilla, and they have to do whatever the smugglers tell, or, or and the smugglers have to do whatever they say. 
And so what the cartels will do is they'll direct large numbers of those, you know, migrants, including family migrants, you know, to one given spot. And that means a lot of Border Patrol agents all have to rush to that one spot. That creates what Chief Scott called controllable gaps in the line that they can use to run drugs and terrorists and criminals into the United States. Once you're in the United States, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to Interstate 10 or to any state route that's going to carry you into the United States where you're going to be forever. That's it. it. Yeah, we got what's called the interstate system. All right. Uh, so here's so now let me I want to change the volume just a little bit for you and I art we've got uh, so here's what, the way I look at this we've got a quality uh, just short of 10 minutes left and and I say that because it's important to me to now talk about some things that are important that really matter and so right now this problem let, let's cut to the mustard it's not going to fix it's not going to change or anything else for the next what year and a half for the balance of this Biden regime, of this cabal, this whatever you want to call it, uh, it's not going to change. That's what. So there's these numbers are going to continue to escalate. They're not fixing anything. They're just everybody's ooh and ah and every day about the numbers and the trains and the people and the stuff. Okay, so let's forget all that and that. Okay, new president's coming in. <clears throat> let's let's uh, we 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 believe and we pray and we assume and we 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 prayed enough to God that we believe He's going to deliver a new president uh, in 2025 to command this nation. Um, now. What is this new president? How do we now fix this problem? What do we got? What's the one to, you know, and I, I know we say we have comprehensive immigration reform over here. And, and our, maybe I'll say this to you. Maybe the problem has gotten so bad right now. Maybe, 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 it would, not maybe, for sure. But maybe the maybe part is maybe the the elephants and the jackasses can come together and they can then do what this comprehensive immigration reform, because maybe passionately some of them care do care about the country. Uh, boy, would that be a dream, huh? What do you think, Art? Yeah, and <clears throat> here's the problem. When the president talks about comprehensive immigration reform, and you see it in the newspaper, nobody ever defines it. What Joe Biden means about by comprehensive immigration reform is amnesty. Amnesty for every alien who's in the United States right now. That's not going to make anything better at all. Right. But Here's what can make things better. In fact, we know it makes it will make things better. Remember that FY 2019 number I told you, zero? Yeah. Yeah. The reason that it was zero was because FY 2019 was the year that Donald Trump implemented Remain in Mexico. Under Remain in Mexico, it, formerly known as the Migrant Protection Protocols, but everybody knows what I mean when I say Remain in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. If you entered the United States illegally, you weren't allowed to stay. You were sent back across the border to Mexico where you had to wait for your court date. They would bring you to the port. They would take you to the court. If you were granted asylum, you got to stay. If you weren't, you were escorted out of the United States. That took away that incentive for those people to enter the United States without asylum claims, knowing that they were going to be released into this country. If you didn't have an asylum claim, you weren't going to come. And we saw the numbers drop and we saw what Chief Scott described as arguably the best border security in U.S. history. And he, he's absolutely correct. I have a lot of respect for Chief Scott. So if you re-implemented Remain in Mexico, you know, on the next president's first day in office, that right. would go a long way. Okay. You go down to the southwest border, there are fence panels lying, rusting in yep. the sun all yep. along the southwest border. Yep. We can 
you know, turn the switch. We have more than $2 billion waiting to be spent to put those fence panels in, in uh, place. Yeah. Again, that's not going to stop anybody, but it's going to slow them down. It's a force multiplier for border patrol, and they could stop all those gotaways from getting into the United States. Right. That's two. Yeah. Go Number ahead. three is detention. We need to understand, we need to do what Congress says is supposed to be done. Keep in mind, this isn't just a good idea. Detaining every one of those migrants from the moment that they're apprehended to the moment that they're either removed or granted asylum is the law. That's what Congress requires. And Congress needs to you know, reach in its pocket and pay the money. Because one way or another, Malcolm, we're all going to be paying money for the migrants, whether we detain them or whether we care for them and their children in the United States. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that is accurately said, Hart. That is accurate. It is the it, it, which is you know it's it's odd. Uh, I, I, you know, we always say it's funny, but I don't find any of this funny. It's odd, Hart, that years ago when before all of this calamity and we talked about immigration, uh, we would talk about in a in a in a higher intellect level of the economic recourse and the economic difficulties and the things that some people avoided talking about, but that the quality of life would be impacted here at home. Now we see the blue city mayors and the governors basically now seeing exactly that point of the economic, uh, the economic ability of any of this is not, it, we, it's not good. It's just not good. And that almost is not even the most serious problem anymore. Like there are so many problems before that used to be the problem, but there are so many things that we, we are on, like there, we have a five alarm fire going on here. You know what I'm saying? Our, and all that other stuff in front of it is now, but the economic thing that this is decimating the quality of life for people in these cities and stuff. I don't know how we ever get that back art. Do you? Yeah, no. And it's going to trickle down. You know, today it's New York and Chicago, but, you know, only about less than 5% of all the 2.3 million migrants that Biden has released in the United States plus, it's it's much higher than that, sure. but only less than 5% of those people went to New York. Those migrants are spread everywhere in the United States. You're yeah. going to start seeing the effects of this in uh, elementary schools, high schools, uh, emergency rooms. You're going to see uh, property taxes. They're already up. complaining about those things. They're already complaining about the emergency room things and the education, the, the schools, the, because they don't know what to do. They don't even speak the language. Art. Yeah, no, they don't, which means that we're going to be either having to invest a huge amount of money to you know hire new teachers for these kids or they're going to do what they call mainstream them, which is just going to slow down the educational attainment of the folks who are already here, not just citizens, but lawful immigrants who are already here. Let me ask you, within the uh, speaking about within the voting now, the the um, Democrats now that normally would have traditionally been voting Democrat. Now, uh, I know a lot of them that I'm, I'm I don't certainly not everybody, but it's a good deal of these people are now who really see uh, they have a, they have a grievance with the, the Biden administration of what's taking place here. And a lot of them are all protesting, which I, that is the part I do chuckle with inside, by the way, when I see an Eric Adams or some of these other doofuses out there and they're having fits over it. That I, I really do chuckle about. Uh, and the Democrat protesters are out there. 
that's almost like like a like a double bourbon night or something for me. Like, she's Louise. I said, you deserve it, you bastards. You ought to you ought to hang your head on it. Uh, I'm just saying, just 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 saying, buddy. I'm just saying. Um, but but uh, so you know, it's, I'm I'm guessing some of those people are waking up. Are some of those? Uh, I certainly know independents, moderates, all, but I think even some of the Democrat left have said, I have to believe these people realize our company, uh, our country. There's a wrecking ball being put onto our country right now. There's a wrecking ball decimating our nation right now, Art. It's, it's killing it. And these people are not dumb. And they look around, they look out their window. We know crime. They already We see everything's happening about crime and everything else. I think, if anything, there's a rude wake, awakening right now and a wake-up call to these people. And this could, sometimes you have to sink low before you can fix things. Is this one of the moments of our nation? Are we waking enough people up that we can make a difference? Can we turn this thing on to a better day, Art? I just threw your lot. Last word, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we already see that happening. I, I think Joe Biden wants the Inflation Reduction Act, which is poorly named at best, to be his legacy. I think the Southwest border is going to be his legacy, and it's going to be his legacy for a decade or more to come. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that uh, is uh, definitely uh, echoing what I have said right along here um, uh, to uh, to your folks here. Uh, now you see why I uh, so enjoy having Art on here, Angel Arthur, because almost never does he always. He, well, first of all, he knows where the bones are buried. That always helps. That helps a lot. Uh, and then he can uh, be quick on his feet, especially when I throw curveballs. And I love doing curveballs, friends. You know that keeps him more interesting, actually. Uh, but it is a serious topic here. This is one that I I deeply, deeply worry about this is uh one of the biggest concerns of our lifetime what's taking place i i ask myself how we can fix this i ask myself how we can get it back i ask myself these things every day i'm deeply concerned for our our health and well-being our nation for our brothers and sisters for we the people for this great amazing nation that we built here together uh and that we honor our ancestors and all the blood that has been shed and 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 with God's grace that that we have fought through and saved the world time and again, this these amazing people that are called the American people, and I get I get uh, goosebumps li- literally when I have this conversation with you. I truly mean it. Um, I I just get chills uh, to think about uh, yeah, our nation. Coming up on 250 years, our semi-quincentennial, it is a moment of truth for our nation, is my message to each of you. It is a moment of truth for all of you to get the message out there. We need to create a ripple effect. We need to create a vibration here, a ripple effect on this platform, this grassroots movement, this this America allowed that it is, and get it out there to wake people up to the truth. We're in it for all the right reasons. Our mission is pure. It is God-driven, and we love our nation, and we, we, uh, we're we blessed. We're blessed people, and we need to keep it that way. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.